when I started as like a marketing consultant, right? No experience, 19 years old. You walk into the business, knocking on their door saying, I want to do marketing for you. Like they, they look at you like, who does this guy think he is? And basically through that, so in that beginning, obviously the idea is I was always walking and I'd start with questions, right? He says, oh, tell me what you do. My answer was always very much, I'm a marketing consultant. So what I do is I really understand what you need. And then I figure out if I'm able to bring any help or not, right? And so keeping that beginning vague allowed me to hone down on what they actually needed. And then I was like, oh, that's my expertise. I do that perfectly. And obviously I wasn't an expert at everything, but I know that I was very creative. I know that I'd work a lot. And so whatever promise I'd make, I'd deliver it. I was always ready to make a promise where the backup of the promise is myself, right? Because I could rely on myself to deliver. Welcome in to Studying Success. On this podcast, I interview entrepreneurs, investors, and CEOs who reveal their personal stories and advice for high school and college students on how to become successful in the business world. In this episode, we are joined by Piers Thackeray, founder and CEO at Theon the AI content creator and manager for businesses. After seeing his mother work tireless hours trying to promote her different small businesses, Piers wanted to build a solution that would help smaller businesses with marketing. So, after founding and building a marketing agency when he was just 19 years old, Piers started his new venture, Theon. In this episode, we discuss actionable steps for building a superstar startup team, how Piers was able to validate the idea for Theon before launching, and the marketing strategy responsible for 100k in pre-orders after just one week. Here's the interview. Piers, it is so good to have another podcaster on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to talk to you today. I'm looking forward to it, Will. I'm not going to lie. This is me undercover here. I'm trying to get all the ticks and tricks from you here for my podcast, (laughs) obviously. You've done such a good job here. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. So for those that don't already know, Piers' podcast is at S-R-E-I-P underscore show on Instagram. So go check it out if you want to go look into Piers thing. But I I guess we got to get into why we're here today. Tell me about Theon and let me know if I'm saying that right. Theon, yeah, there you're saying that right. You can say as you want to. um, It's a play on words, the one put together, Theon. It also means a God sent gift. It has those little meanings behind it. That make it fun. The long-term vision is to try and, like everybody does today with their solutions, try and create like a one-stop shop thing. And so the one kind of plays into that. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Tell me more. What is it a solution for? What's the problem? Okay. So I'm going to make this very simple. Basically, the solution, so it all came to me a while back. I'll give you a little story, the background story of, of Theon. Okay. And basically what happened is uh, when I was 10 years old, my parents had the divorce, right? And I was living with my mom, single mother, and she was working full-time job at the bank. And then she would come home and she would try to work on her small business. She tried selling roses. She's tried doing essential oils, pajamas, books. She tried loads of things, right? And whatever she would try, she would never really be able to get it off the ground. And I saw her getting sick a couple of times. She'd work until 4 a.m., uh, go to bed at 4 a.m. and wake up at 8 a.m. and repeat the whole process. And, you know, me as a kid, you see your mom in this kind of struggle, you always want to try and help her do things, right? But selling my toys never really did much. So that's how I found myself getting into growing businesses. And so I became a marketing consultant when I was 19, then opened my marketing agency when I was 21 and worked mainly with small businesses, right? As working with young parents who had a child on the way 
and they were making 100K with their business, but they want to get 200K, things like that. It was, that was mostly what I was doing in my target markets. And so basically throughout that process, I got the idea of a solution that can make marketing much easier, quicker, and cheaper for small business owners. And that's basically what Theon does, right? So we're building this tool. It's a very ambitious vision that we have for it, right? There's a reason why this hasn't been done yet, right? This solution is actually not, to this extent, is not on the market yet. And there's a reason why, because it's a lot of logistics, a lot of understanding that goes behind it, a lot of trying to bring all the costs really low, really thin margins, focusing on prioritizing and actually having an impact so that they can grow their business. That's really what we're focused on, right? And so in the end, Theon, it's a SaaS software. So it's a tool. It's like a UI on your dashboard, on your internet. You go on it on the cloud and uh, you go in there, you choose and you create your strategy within 10 minutes, your content strategy, your marketing strategy. You create it quickly within 10 to 15 minutes. You click on launch and you launch it for as little as 50 euros a month, right? It can be up to 10 grand a month if you have some crazy ambitious strategy that's on all the social media platforms, doing all the content and doing five postings a day and everything. But if you're just doing something simple in the beginning, it can be as low as 50 euros a month. So that's what we're building. Yeah. And so previously you were at DigiGrowth and th that's when you were working at all of these companies. And so talk to me about the steps of coming up with the idea. I know you said you saw your mom working with her businesses And that's where the original seeds were. But talk to me about how you went from working at DigiGrowth to having this idea. It's a great question, Will. Yeah. So obviously the seeds were planted when I was, uh, you know, struggling and seeing my mama with her small businesses. But then when the solution, right, to that problem, because I lived the problem when I was younger, but the solution came to me really while I was working at DigiGrowth Agency. And basically DigiGrowth Agency is a marketing agency. Right. And so we were providing cheaper and quicker kind of marketing solutions. And that was our USP, but it was all still expensive, right? We couldn't get it that cheap because a lot of the costs are human costs. And so you're not just going to tell people, I'm going to pay you less. That doesn't really work. Generally, you don't get a good outcome when you do that with your employees, but there's other ways to lower costs, right? So we were looking at all the possible ways to lower costs. Some of them is connecting, automating as much as possible. That was one of them, right? And so we were automating as much as we could with our marketing agency. The other one that was a big compromise was working with freelancers, right? Working with freelancers from India, Pakistan, things like that. They cost lower per hour. They still have a great talent. But now the whole problem is how do you manage them to actually get a project done on time uh, with the quality intended and to not have a huge expectation gap and things like that. And so basically for me, DigiGrowth Agency was actually research and development for Fion is how it turned out to be. And so as I was doing this, I was like, okay, I could really start to visualize a solution that could encompass all of these moving parts, but you just throw a bunch of code in the middle of it to get it all connected. And all of a sudden you have something that's turning much quicker, right? You're just put a bunch of oil in your engine. And so that's what Theon was. Two years ago, that was the idea that we had for it. So this idea, we've had it for two years, but now it's with AI that started to come in. We were like, oh shit, now it's only a question of time before somebody actually does this. Because now it's just becomes much easier to bring this idea to life. Whereas before we really needed a huge amount of capital to bring this idea to life. And so now we're, okay, now we need to get moving quickly. We launched a fundraising. We stopped taking work with the agency and we're just going full in on this. Talk to me specifically about how AI is incorporated in all of this, because I know that's a big part of Theon. 
Yes. Yeah, great question. We can see with AI, there's things that it's good at doing, there's things that it's not that good at doing. One of those among the list is generating just ideas, just give it a bunch of insert and kind of input, and you can generate a bunch of ideas from that, and then you can brainstorm with it much quicker, right? So that is one feature, for example, that we want to have. We want to have this brainstorm feature within Theon to help the business owner get much more ideas for the content than if they were doing it by themselves. That's one thing. That's a very small thing. That's maybe 2% of what we're actually really bringing AI in for. One of the big parts where I think Theon is really good and well, AI in general is really good and really reliable is formatting complex data structures. So just anything, primarily those will be like just a text, right? So if I'm explaining my idea for a piece of content and I say, yes, yeah, so, well, I'd like you to create a piece of content and I'd like you to interview thought leaders within the industry and to send them an email with the text and they'll answer it and da, 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 da. you just explain your whole idea, right? For the piece of content, how it will look. Now, what Theon is really good at doing is basically taking that very complex informal structure and categorize it. So we use Theon primarily to manage freelancers. So we still have freelancers that does what AI can't do. And the freelancers obviously use AI to make them cheaper and faster. But what it really plays in a reliable sense is taking that input, formatting it into multiple tasks, explanations that is sent to all the freelancers. And all the freelancers, they do the work, they follow the task explanation, they send it back, and then it's sent back to the clients. And that whole process basically allows somebody to record a voice message on their phone, explaining their idea, clicking on send, putting their phone down, carry on working on their small business, what focus, their priorities, what they have time for. And then three days later, they get a notification. They're like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about this. And then they look at it and they see the video pops up. It's done for them. It's high quality. It's actually somebody who's interviewed. It's not just some AI talking head that looks like some weird, it's not at all authentic. So it has that real side of it, right? But it's cheaper and it's faster and it's leaner. Now it's not as cheap as pure AI. And we do have pure AI content in there. But the point is that really the USP with Theon is that we can do everything with it. The whole broad range of content creation. Yeah, that's amazing. Talk to me about those two years. Like you had this great idea. What was the first step in executing and building Theon? So we had it for two years. Honestly, we could have started working on this two years ago. And it took multiple moving parts for us to get off our ass and say, okay, we want to do this. We need to do this. And so we just got to it straight away, right? We always had excuses. The excuses was, oh, no, we need to have more funding. We need to run more tests. We need to develop more of this or like this. And we need to reach a certain amount of ARR for us to be able to have sufficient cash flow to actually invest in this project. We were always against getting investors in the beginning. We were like, no, we want to bootstrap this. We want to do it all from ourselves. So we don't want to lose control of the vision and all that. Then when this is basically around January this year is when after all that procrastination, I was on a, I like to take these trips sometimes to just think and things like that. And so I was in Bangkok for three weeks, basically. And I was just there, I was working, but I was still taking time to myself and thinking a lot. And that's when it's dawned on me that all the excuses I were making, they were just all myself trying to convince myself to not take the leap, right? In a ways. And so that's when we had that shift. And then from there on, it went very quickly. So since January, we now have a team of free developers. We have a data analyst that's joined us. 
And we have a kind of a CFO part-time. He still works at his current job because we don't need that much. But the free developers, we have one guy, I mean, our CTO, he's a real brainiac. He built a software when he was 19, sold it with 30,000 users when he was 20. The other one, he's the CTO at Yes. He built multiple blockchain development companies and all that. And the other one, he's a team tech leader at Talent.com. And he's right now leading the team developing a large language model right over there. And uh, they're joining us right now. So we're just signing the contracts with them. They're coming on board. Yeah, so we went super quick in building a good team, getting strong people behind us. And now we're launching the fundraising right at the same time. And we also basically, we already did 50% of it. Yeah. So that sounds like a superstar team. How does one go about building such a great team? That's a good question. I think I'll be honest. To get this, it's so much more accessible than people think. It really, really is. We're really lucky nowadays. Nowadays, we have things like Y Combinator and Y Combinator, they have, they make it super accessible for people to at least start pitching their idea, get a bit of feedback. They have this tool called Co-Founder Finder. So I remember in the beginning, I was doing a bunch of meetings on there with random coders. I met some coders. They won the IBM award when they were 15 years old. I met another coder. He was building a video game. And he built a video and he sold a video game for 2.5 million when he was 17 years old. So you do meet really good people on there, but you need to go through the, you need to go through the mass. And then for the advisors, it's all LinkedIn outreach. Some of them are people that I knew from before within my network. But for example, for the HubSpot advisor, that was just via LinkedIn, sending messages to 30 people a day. And making the message, testing different messages, loads of different messages, messaging, trying to understand what gets them to answer. So there's two things. I know that people like to have actionable steps sometimes. And I do want to try and provide a bit of value for everybody who's here right now. So one of them is called Lemnist. They're like a cold outreach tool. You can use it to reach out via email and LinkedIn. And they have a lot of what you need in there. They can warm up your email. They have an AI that's really good at finding the good emails for you. And they even have an AI to write your sequences for you, but I prefer to write them myself, to be honest. So I use that as like my relationship manager, right? To build all these relationships on LinkedIn and all that. I use this tool. I connected with Sales Navigator to get these long lists of all these people who I want to reach out to and things like that. And that kind of allows you to scale personal outreach and to test loads of different ideas and things like that. So that's one thing that I would recommend people having a look into. LinkedIn Sales Navigator and connecting that with Lemlist. So you had the idea and you had built the team, how did you validate that people were going to be willing and would want to pay for this? Like, how did you talk to your customers and how did you scope out the market before actually launching this? Yeah, that's one thing that I'm grateful about with the fact that we're going down the investor route. It taught me a lot of things that I didn't really know as well or that I didn't take as seriously with my marketing, building a bootstrapping and marketing agency. Because obviously I knew that there was a need for marketing. Uh, I knew that we were having a USP, a unique value proposition. And so I didn't really do as much market research to make sure there was an actual market fit for what we were doing. But once again, there was less pressure on it because you're not taking people's money for it, right? You're bootstrapping it. But here, now that we're going down the investor routes, you have to have a good research on your markets. You also have to actually do not just research, but kind of market fit proof it. So that means opening a wait list opening for pre-orders, trying to get people to sell, sign LOIs, so a letter of intention. Basically, letters are saying, I tend to spend this much with you. And so far with this whole process, 
we were able to really hone down on how big our market was, what was the pain points, who has it, and who we're going after. We're also able to hone down on our client acquisition strategy. Where do these people hang out? What kind of messaging do they respond to? And how we'll reach out to them and get them to be aware of our solution and try it out. And then also we opened a wait list and we now have on the wait list almost 2,000 people that are, that are on the wait list. And it's growing pretty quickly because it's been now just over a week that we've opened it. And then we have close to 30 pre-orders and just above 100K in LOI. So it's been a quick process, but the whole process takes a lot of time. But when you're taking people's money, these people, some of them are putting like 10 grand, right? And so those who are just putting 10 grand, like they obviously are taking a risk on you. And so you want to make sure that you actually have proof of market there also, right? And some of these people are even friends or family. So those people you really want to do, you take a lot of pressure on yourself. And so, yeah, you want to make sure that you actually have something there for sure. And so tell me about your kind of marketing channels. I know marketing is kind of your thing, but so how have you been doing marketing for Theon? So for Theon, currently, it's been a mix. So we actually have, we have another marketing campaign that's launching Monday. And so the marketing campaign launching Monday is going to be very centered on, we're going to do a lot of TikTok uh, content creation, things like that. We're going to start focusing on those because we're focusing on SMEs, right? So SMEs, my single mom, she would use TikTok, right? She would, she would find that content. So we are going to be doing that kind of strategy, which we haven't been doing so far. And so far, we've actually been really focused on two aspects. It was outreach, mainly reaching out to our whole network, doing a post on our, we did a couple, we did one post on LinkedIn, but it's been really much just sending. We already had a database of, for our marketing agency of emails, an email list of people who already know us, they already trust us and they follow what we're doing. We also have our CTO. He also has an email list of people who follow him and uh, who kind of trust him more. So the initial outreach was really focused on just getting these people who already know us, trust us and like us, which is kind of like the main things we call it like the KLT, not a BLT, but a KLT. And uh, you want to basically, yeah, get those people to know you, like you, trust you, and then you can make your offer. And so what we focused really on was these people, we already had them in our wait list. And so we just got them on board. And now we're going to start going for the market that doesn't know us, don't like us, or trust us yet. Sorry, Monday. Yeah, I, I like that. KLT, know you, like you, trust you. That's good. So I've been thinking a lot about kind of just entrepreneurship in general. And one of the biggest parts of entrepreneurship is adaptability and iteration. Do you have any stories that would highlight these qualities? that kind of stress how adaptability and iteration is very important to the startup process? And it's okay if not, because it's a random question. Right. Yeah. That's a good question. I like that one. Okay. Yeah, it's good. It's good. The questions that get you thinking, right? So the story that promises on adaptability and iteration. I would say, first of all, the first kind of adaptability is that when I started my, when I started as like a marketing consultant, right? No experience, 19 years old, you walk into the business knocking on their door saying, I want to do marketing for you. Like they, they look at you like, who does this guy think he is? And basically through that, so in that beginning, obviously the idea is I was always walking and I'd start with questions, right? He says, oh, tell me what you do. My answer was always very much, I'm a marketing consultant. So what I do is I really understand what you need. And then I figure out if I'm able to bring any help or not, right? 
And so keeping that beginning vague allowed me to hone down on what they actually needed. And then I was like, oh, that's my expertise. I do that perfectly. And obviously I wasn't an expert at everything, but I know that I was very creative. I know that I'd work a lot. And so whatever promise I'd make, I'd deliver it. I was always ready to make a promise where the backup of the promise is myself, right? Because I could rely on myself to deliver. And so that's how I started, right? So it's always been very adaptable in that sense. And then the iteration process is coming, is going to come really much more with Theon. Although, actually, I have a big one here. Whole marketing, the whole marketing process comes down to bringing that iteration loop to being as small as you can. You want to go from idea to execution, posting, looking at the data to get your next idea, right? That's what marketing's all is, right? That's all it's about. You want to test different marketing ideas, different ads, different images, different colors of your text, whatever. There's 10,000 parameters of what you could test. Now, some people go super specific on it. Some say a bit more broad. I was always very much, I have a scientific background. So I was always very much data focused. And one of the things that we do with Theon is that we bring that iteration loop down to 24 hours. So not all of them, but for the ideas that are very easy and quick to do, Within 24 hours of sharing it, you have it posted on social media and we're already looking at the data. So that's one of the processes. And then I would say, as an entrepreneur also, very quickly, I'd like to add this point in there. Like, you have to be so open to pivots, like very quickly. When you're actually building your business, going with investors, it's really important to be ready to pivot. And so for an example, this example is not going to be on me, myself. Because with Fion, we're still at the pre-seed rounds. So there's no really need to pivot yet from what we see. We first have to test the idea to, be, to see if we need to pivot. But for example, Discord, which is now a huge platform, in the beginning, it was a video game. That's what the founder started doing, right? His investors invested in a video game. And then he added in the video game this kind of chat element. And the investors loved it. And it was working really well. I said, no, just focus on your chat element. And now it became creating a chat for video games. It's kind of what Discord became in the future. And so that's one example where it really shows that the guy completely switched from video game to Discord, what it is today. So I'd love to talk to you about AI. Like you're an AI guy. I feel like a lot of people don't have a great understanding of what AI is and what AI actually does. Do you think you could give us a general background? And that's the first question. Second question is, what do you think could be future applications of AI? For me, AI, what I will say as a preface to this is I do work, obviously, I'm an AI guy, but I'm also a marketing guy. And the AI guy in the team is really our CTO and our two developers. But I do obviously have researched this whole bunch of lots. And so for me, AI basically comes down to one thing. And as Sam Altman said this pretty well, it's basically a prediction model in the end, right? All it's doing in building phrases that seem human, it's predicting what words I want to see come next in the phrase, right? That's all it's doing. And it uses a database to be able to make those predictions so well that we think that it's a human almost that's talking to us. So that's how good they got at it. But in the end, it's just predictions and it's just probability of what word they're going to put afterwards. And so when you see it in that way, obviously, AI is being used for decades now, actually. IBM has been using AI really well in actually formatting a lot of complex data structures for uh, enterprises, right? And they had all their IBM tools that, uh, in a way, ChatGPT was just almost like opening IBM's tools much better still 
but opening and applying it to consumers. And so for me, yeah, the future use cases that I see coming from AI, that's an interesting one because it comes down to prediction. So obviously it's gone already through many of the prediction use cases, you know, such as trading, your AI is being huge in trading. I always have two trainer thoughts on this. First of all, what I'd like to say is on the rate of progress of AI. We're seeing AI right now, everybody's expecting that the next application is going to be in one month and it's going to be the next huge breakthrough. And I think that right now we had a huge breakthrough in AI. We're discovering loads of applications. It's like the first boat to ride in America, right? And so the pioneers are trying out all these different possibilities and everything is super exciting, right? But there's still a limit. The limit's not your imagination, not yet, right? And, and to get to that next breakthrough, to actually see where the limits is even crazy and it's a huge leap forward, I think that we're at least five years off, maybe six. I joined Mark Zuckerberg in that sense, where it's very much rate of progress goes as S's, right? So we just went up an S and we're going to see it go down and then we're going to find another S later on. And yeah, so I think that the next applications that we're going to see that are going to be like the huge game-changing ones will be five to six years down the road. But with what AI is doing right now, I find that a lot of the applications that are being overlooked are AI in management positions. Because I think that people, in terms of marketing, we're seeing AI being built to, talk, to creating these talking head videos, such as Synthesia, right? And these videos, you see these people, right? There's five different faces and the voice is okay, but sometimes they're going to end a phrase like this. And is this podcast right now interesting? No, not really, right? People want the energy. They want like the intensity and all that, right? So I think it's still a ways off for those to be actual use cases are going to be used at scale by Coca-Cola. No, they're not going to use any of that. And so I think right now it's more management because AI is very good at taking rules and then creating plans to apply those rules to humans, right? And so as long as you figure out the human side of it, where humans are able to follow rules given by a robot, which may seem weird at first, I think that's really where we're going to see it go most, right? And everything that's health tech, things like that. Analyzing all your data on your health, biometrics, and then understanding Google knows when you're pregnant before you do. It's kind of like one crazy story that we all have heard. So those are the things where I see really use cases. It's analyzing data and kind of managing humans more than doing all the work for them. Awesome, Pierce. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been amazing to talk to you. No problem, Will. It was really interesting. I like seeing the format of your podcast. Really cool. I, li- I hope everybody who's listening enjoyed listening to the podcast. Hopefully you guys got some value and heard some funny stories. It's very nice. As always, thank you for listening and please make sure you follow Studying Success to get notified when new podcasts come out. Also, please leave a review and send the podcast to your friends and family to show them what you learned. It would greatly help the show. I'm Will Burkhart, and you've been listening to Studying Success.